Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. God is good. And all the time. I was going to come up here and say PTLE. Does anybody know what that means? Anybody know what it means to say PTLE? It, it means you're it means you're it means you're really Pastor Charlie. You come up and say, Praise the Lord, everybody, praise the Lord. I was gonna I was gonna go with that, but uh, yeah, I just thought maybe not. Hey, it's good to be with you. It's good to be uh, have some people here in the house. I know we're kind of getting used to getting back together. So let me just give you a quick tutorial if you're here in the house with us. If you reach down and you reach under your bottom and you don't feel a cushion, that means you're sitting in a no-no zone. If you reach down and you're not sitting on a cushion, you're sitting in a no-no zone. So you need to move out of the no-no zone and move to a yes-yes zone. Okay? All right, so we're gonna, we're gonna, that's the way we're going to do it. If there's no cushion on a pew, that means that's off limits. You can't be there. And if there's a cushion on a pew, it means you can be there. And then if you're in a house and you're sitting close to somebody who you did not come with, we just encourage you. That's okay. It's okay. It's totally okay, especially if you get, normally get together. But if you're sitting in the house and you're like, I don't even know who this person is, and they're sitting a little too close to me, just feel free to lean over to the person and say, hey, we're just going to spread out a little bit. Just spread out a little bit. That's okay. All right? Um, but obviously, if, you, if, you, uh, like if you're Jackson and Jelly, you didn't come in the same space, but you're together all the time anyway. So it's okay. You can sit next to each other. You can do that. All right? That's cool. Jelly, it is good to have you with us in person for the first time today. Hey, we um, thank you, Claire, for reading that passage and for, uh, for kind of walking us through. I'm picking up in week two of the I Am passages, and if you, uh, if you missed week one, I want to encourage you, go back and check out uh, Wissahickon's service from two Saturdays ago, and then check out our Sunday service from last week, and you will hear um, two renditions of the I Am, uh, the, the initial uh, entry into the service. That's really important because we talked a good bit about why God described himself as the I am and what that meant. And we, we, we carried through from the Old Testament into the New Testament, the meaning of the name I am. And so um, you, we, won't, we won't revisit that today, but I will encourage you to check that out if you missed it. Today, as we go into this passage, I want to encourage you to, uh, to take a couple of notes. I'm going to try to give you four points today that I think will be applicable for the days going forward and really to help understand. Does anybody see this happening? It's happening on video right now. It's the power of the Spirit of the Lord. No, it's really just a, a failing music stand. Um, we'll switch that out real quick. Thank you, Scott. Worship pastor, music stand, fixer. He does it all. All right, here we go. Here we go, Father. I pray that you would just bless what's about to happen now, Lord. Would you take your word and would you bring it to life in our lives, Lord? Would you help us to apply it in a way that, that alters the steps we take going forward, Father? And anything that's not of you, might it pass away. And anything that is of you, might we cling to it. In Jesus' name, I amen. Amen. John chapter 8, as Jesus is talking, and he begins this story about the I am the light. I am the light. When, when you hear the word light, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Let's participate together. If, when you hear the word light, what's the picture or the image that comes to your mind? Isaiah. You, you have a mask, but you can still talk. 
Yeah, like a light bulb, a light bulb over the head. That's good. What else? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Sue. The sun, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Jesus, okay? Yeah? Anybody else? When I think about the word light, the first thing that I think about is a traffic light. That's the first thing I think about, right? I think of that, that you know, like I recognize, oh, traffic light, you know? That's just the picture that comes to mind the first time I hear it. Maybe, uh, maybe I think about the red light that's in the back that tells us that we are live and broadcasting right now. What, I mean, but that, that's just what comes to my mind. When you think about the word light, just imagine what comes to your mind. Go ahead and picture that for a moment. Um, if you're picturing the sun, I want to encourage you to ask Lady Lori or Miss Michelle about the pictures that they painted yesterday. They painted some beautiful renditions of the sun, and uh, you can ask them about that, and they can, they can share those pictures with you at some point. Um, if you're picturing a light bulb, you might be picturing the one that's on the screen right here, but I would just encourage you, whichever light bulb you're picturing, don't stare at it too long. Kind of messes your eyes up a little bit. I know that because there's lights shining on me. Heather knows that because when she sings over here, she sings. She has to kind of stand on this angle because she's getting blinded by lights over here. So don't, don't stare at the light bulb too much. And then if you're picturing, uh, if you are honestly picturing the sun, I want to remind you of a story I've told a couple of times that um, a couple of years ago, Michelle had this idea that her and I would chase the sun and the moon together. And we packed all of our kids up and we traveled down south to the, to the great state of Tennessee. Is that where we went? We went to Tennessee. We went to Tennessee, yeah. And, uh, and, and, I, and all the way down, I was like, why are we going to Tennessee? And she said, we're going to see something we'll never see again. And we got down there, and, and, and I was expecting it to be like an all-day affair. And for about 20 seconds, we saw the sun and the moon standing in front of each other after about 19 hours of driving. And so um, it, was, it was a great experience, though. And it's, it's, it's true. It's true. Like, I don't think it'll be in our lifetime that that'll happen again. So... Um, whatever your picture, when it comes to the idea of light, this is what Jesus says. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. The word world there is cosmos. I am the light of the cosmos. I am the light of everything. The word cosmos uh, it has, has direct tie to um, when, when God says that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He sums up all things. Everything in between God is. When, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he's saying, I am the light of everything, of everything. There's nothing that's outside of my light, okay? Now, we need to understand that because I want you to get this picture. When Jesus was saying that he is the light, he wasn't just saying he is the light for in the church. He wasn't just saying I'm the light for those who, 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 who love me. He wasn't just saying I am the light for those who have already been found. He wasn't just saying I am the light of those who are of natural descent. He said I am the light of everything, of everything. There is no area that is absent of my light. There is no area that is out of my reach. There is nothing that is beyond who I am. I am the light for the cosmos. So whatever it is you would think of when you hear the word light, let me just say it this way. Jesus declares that he is the one who can reach to all people in all places. He is the one who has the ability to speak into and call out of darkness. He is the only one, and there is nothing outside of that parameter. What we're going to launch off this morning is this, the first point. We have the Father when we follow the Son. Let me say this again, because this will preach all on its own, but we're going to keep going. We're only going to go four points today. We have the Father when we follow the Son. Look at verse 12 with me. 
when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the cosmos, the world. Whoever, somebody got their Bible open? Nobody got it? Verse 12? Oh, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I'm going to give you a second. Get your Bibles open. Verse 12. We're in John chapter 8, verse 12. Somebody find it so you're ready. John 8, 12. You amen, but I see you. You didn't open anything. Sue is ready. A couple of people ready. Come on, somebody. Turn to your Bibles. Get them out. Electronic or real. Don't matter. Here we go. Verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the cosmos, the world. Whoever. There it is. Whoever. Say it again. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, Jesus is, when he says, I am the light of the whole world, it is tied to the reality of our response to follow that light. It is tied to our response to say, God, I want to be with you. Jesus says that whoever would follow him, whoever would come with him, whoever would be led by that light will never again be in darkness. Oh, I don't know if you're getting this. Like The, the, the way out of the darkness is to follow the light. The way out of the darkness is to follow the light. It is to, it is to be led by Jesus. He, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Charlie last night said that Jesus wants to illuminate the path. Well, it, he wants to illuminate the path, but as he illuminates the path, he still wants you to follow it. He still wants you to take the step to say, I will go in the direction that you're pointing me. I will head to the place that you, have, uh, that you have laid out for me. I will be obedient in my response to the work that you have called me to. See, I will follow what you're lighting up. Do you understand that Jesus desires to call you out of darkness? Do you understand that Jesus desires to pull you away from the things that used to define you, to step you into the person that he has for you to be? Jesus desires for the whole world to be lit up by the light. But he awaits the response that you would follow, that you would say yes and if you would say yes, if you will follow, he promises that you'll never again be lost in darkness. You'll never again be lost in darkness. When I was a kid and I was, it was, I was not a believer yet, and um, I was probably about 14 years old, uh, uh, my friend and I had this, 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 this thing that we used to do where we used to like, put ourselves in, a, in, in the darkest space we could create. Like we would, you know, black out all the windows and, you know, and shut off all the lights and just the absolute darkest space we could be. And then we would try to imagine what life would be like without things, without movement, without vision. Like you would just lay and be like, oh, this is crazy. And for the first like five or seven seconds, it'd be like, this is cool. And then your mind just starts to do some crazy things. So you start to you start to you start to go back to your like little kid days when you were like afraid of the guy that was under the bed, you know? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all afraid to touch those fears right now. I get it, I get it. But you know, you you know, you're like, you know, no my little light on, you know, like crack the door, you know, somebody get me out of here. It's too dark in this place. And you feel like in that moment you're just lost in this dark space and there's no way out and you don't know where to go even if, you, even if there was a way out. You don't know how to find it. Well, Jesus says you never have to be in that space again. 
You never have to be there again. You'll never be lost in darkness if you'll follow the light. If you'll follow the light. So when he says follow the light, he doesn't just mean walk in the direction that the light is pointing. He means being obedient to what the light is calling you to. He means saying yes to all that God is lining up for you. It's in those moments when we're saying yes obediently to God that we never have to worry about the depths of darkness. That we never have to worry about being caught up in a space that we can't find our way out of. Because Jesus has declared that he is the way. He has declared that he is the light. He has declared that he will pull us out of a darkest place if we will obediently say yes. When we follow the Son, we have the Father. This is what he says in verse 19. He says, if you knew me, this is Jesus. Jesus says, if you knew me, you would know my Father also. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. You know this idea uh, that, 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 hey, I believe in God, and, and some people will say, well, well yeah, I believe, that, that I believe in Jesus, but I, I, I don't know that he really is the Son of God. Well, well, Jesus says if you know him, then you'll know that he belongs to his daddy. You'll know the intimate tie between the two, that it's inseparable. Right? He says, when you believe in this, but you don't believe in this, it's because you don't really understand. When you meet Jesus, you are personally introduced to the Father through the presence of the Son. When you walk with Jesus, you intimately walk with the Father the same way that Adam and Eve were invited to walk with God in the garden, the same way that God designed creation to be in order. When we follow Jesus, we intimately are tied to the Father. Let me say it like this. Imagine coming to my house and saying, hey, Ray, I want to come over and have dinner. But you know, I don't really like the way your wife cooks. You know, and your kids are a little rowdy. Could I just have, like, just time with you, Ray? You know what I would say? You know what I would say? Hit the road. Get out of here. And you say, well, Ray, you, you, you're the pastor. I know. I'd say I'll pray for you while I kick you out. You can't know me without knowing my lady. You, you can't be in my life without, without embracing my kids because we're a package deal. We come together. We're inseparable. You say, I, you know, I know those kids belong to Ray. They got that look on them. You know, they got, you know, like I heard one of them sing. You know, like I know they're his kids. I, I get it. Like we are a package deal. And Jesus, when he is standing before the crowd, he is making a divine statement. Let's not miss this. When Jesus says, uh, he, he says, if you knew me, you would know my father, he's risking everything in that moment because he is tying himself directly to God. If this statement is not true, it is blasphemy, and if it's blasphemy, he deserves to be put to death. He knew what he was saying when he said it. I belong to my daddy. Now, let me say this one more. This is just a sub-point of the point. If you are following Jesus, you too can make this statement. If you are following Jesus, you too can say, if you know me, then you know my father. 
Because, see, where you go, the presence of God is. See, the Spirit of God lives in you, and that's not like one-third of God. That is the fullness of God. That is God and all of his deity lives in you. And so, therefore, you can say boldly, where I go, the Father goes. Where I go, the Son is. Where I go, the Spirit of God is present. Where I go, the church is. I'm trying to say to you today, you represent the fullness of God in every space that you go if you're following Jesus. But if you're lost in the darkness, the fact that you said it doesn't make it real. It makes it blasphemous. If if you're lost in the darkness, the fact that you claim to be of the Son, but you're really not, just means that you're lying. It means that you're confused. But if you indeed have yielded your life to Jesus, if you are saying yes to following the light out of darkness, then I want to invite you today to begin to recognize that wherever you go and everything that you do, you represent the fullness of the presence of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Come on, flip there with me. Matthew chapter 4, 18, 19, and 20. Come on, somebody. This is a good one. This is a good one. You're going to want to be there. Let me hear at least one amen in the room. Thank you, Cadence. Thank you. I love you. I love you. That's good. Let me hear an amen for somebody who's flipping in the Bible. Okay, Sue's ready. Here we go. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. It says this. Jesus says, I mean, um, Matthew says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And this is what Jesus said. He said, come follow me. Let me say it again. Jesus said, come follow me. And if you do, this is what he said after that. I will send you out. Come follow me and I will send you out. I will send you out. Verse 20 says, at once they dropped everything and they followed him. Friends, let me say this as clearly as I can to you this morning. When we follow Jesus, when we follow Jesus, we obediently say yes to Jesus, we're saying yes to receiving our orders to be sent out. You hear that? We're saying yes to following Jesus, meaning that we will receive our orders to be sent out. Jesus' plan, saving you, is to prep you, to send you out, that you would be able to stand in the fullness of God before man and all of mankind and be able to say, my father, my father, my daddy, he's got a plan, and it involves you. It involves you. It involves the entire cosmos. He wants to light this place up in a way that no darkness will ever be. So in order for that to be true, He's prepping you to send you out. Jesus says, come follow me. Not that you'll be able to sit here forever. Come follow me that I will be able to send you out. We have the Father when we follow the Son. We have the Father when we follow the Son. One more passage to look at before we move on from there. Flip over to, uh, the, back into the Gospel of John and look at chapter 10 with me. Look at chapter 10. Uh, starting in verse 22. It's a long passage. We're going to try to jump through it really quickly. John, uh, John chapter 10, starting at 22. Somebody, amen? amen. All right, here we go. Then, then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's colonnade. 
the Jews who were there gathered around him saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, then tell us publicly. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name, they testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep, let somebody hear this today. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Hear what Jesus said. Hear what he said. He said, he said my sheep, they know me. They know my voice. And they follow me. They follow me. Oh, and by the way, me and my daddy are one. So not only do they know my voice, they know my father's voice. Not only do they know what I stand for, they know what he stands for. Not only do they say yes when I call upon them, they're saying yes because he's calling upon them. Oh, and by the way, my father's grip is tight. It'll never be let go of. My father's hand is firm. You'll never be snatched out of it. You have an eternal tie to the father if you're following the son. You have an eternal tie to the father if you're saying yes to the voice of the son. We'd be remiss if we didn't pause for a moment. Just take a second to evaluate. How are you doing? At saying yes to the Son. How are you doing at saying yes to the will of the Father? How comfortable are you at sitting in your daddy's hand? Do you believe what Jesus just said that nothing can loosen that grip? Or do you sit where you are in fear that? Somehow, in some way, you might slip out of the hand of God and be lost back into darkness. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I want to encourage you to, to go on after this message and read the rest of that passage all the way down through the 42nd verse. Is it tells more and more about the, the tie, the ways in which God has promised to hold us together, to knit us together. But I got to move on this morning. So here we go, point number two. Jesus is the light for all the world. Let me just emphasize the word all. Jesus is the light for all the world. He said, I am the light of the world, the cosmos, the entirety of everything. If you go back to the Gospel of John and we look at chapter 3 in the 16th verse, this is kind of the most popular, like, come to Jesus verse, right? Like, everybody learned this when they were a kid. If you're, if, you know, if, if you're part of Pastor Charlie's childhood, you can quote this with some THs at the end of other words to make it sound, like, poetic, you know? And so, um, y'all know what I'm talking about there? 
All right, good, good, good. You get it. So here we go. In John chapter 3, in the 16th verse, in a language we all might understand, it says this, for God so loved the world. Come on. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal or everlasting life. But let me emphasize what it said. It says, for God so loved those who he chose to think about occasionally. No, it's not what it says. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. I want you to understand this today. God's desire is for every one of us. For every one of us. God desires for everyone to come to know him. God desires for everyone to be intimately tied to him. God desires for everyone to be in the base of his hand and never be snatched out. There is not a single one who God desires to see rejected or dismissed. He loved the world that he gave his son that we might follow, that we might believe, that word believe is intimately tied to the word follow. It means to obediently say yes to and move in that direction. That we will believe here, and that means we're active here, right? We believe in our head and our heart, but we're actively moving in that direction. That for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. What it, what it says, if you continue on in that same passage, it says, for God did not send his son into the world, again, the cosmos, to condemn the cosmos, but to save the world through him. That God's plan was not to bring damnation, but to bring, come on, there it is. God's plan was not to bring damnation, it was to bring salvation. Damnation was already on its way. God was giving the answer to it. God was giving the way out of it. God was giving the, the, the excuse, if you will, the, the, the redemption, if you will. God was removing for us the judgment that was already there and, and giving us what we did not deserve instead. That's his desire for all mankind. I know a lot of you, and I know that a lot of you have hearts that break for others. You look upon things that are happening in the world around us, and you're frustrated and you're disappointed. But more than anything, your hearts are heavy and they're breaking for the lost. Let me say this as clearly as I can. The reason why that's happening is because you know the Father. The reason why your heart is heavy when you hear things that are just out of alignment with the ways of God it's not because you think we deserve some better place or you think that, that we are, you know, in some way, some greater nation. It's because your heart is heavy because you know the Father. Jesus has come to be the light of all the world, to give light to all the world. Look with me at Matthew chapter 5 starting in the 13th verse. While you're turning to Matthew 5, 13, I'm gonna read you one more. Uh, verse 19 of, of, of John 3, it says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. Light has come into the world, but people continue to love darkness instead. Light has come into the world, but people continue to love 
darkness instead. So Jesus responds to this in Matthew chapter 5, starting in the 13th verse. He says, you are, somebody's not there, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to throw down, throw out and trample underfoot. But you are the light of the world. Listen to this. Jesus says, I am the light. And now, now, now Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, he says, you are the light of the world. You are a town built on a hill, and it cannot be hidden. Neither do people, people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, here's your instruction. In the same way, go and let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus says that you are, you are what he said he is. And the reason why you are what he is is because where you go, he goes. Therefore, you now are the light of the world. You carry with you the witness of Christ. You are the shining example of who God is and what God desires to do. And now you have an agenda. Remember, he said, I came that they might follow me and be sent out. Sent out, he said. He said, come, come follow me, and I will send you out to be fishers of men. That's what he said to him. I will get you ready and deploy you with my agenda, with my calling, with, 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 your, with my plan for you. And now he says, I am the light, and as a result, now you are the light. You bear witness. You're going to go to your workplace tomorrow. Let me say this as clearly as I can to you. You're going to go to your workplace tomorrow. And you know what? When you show up, you will be the representation of Jesus in that space. Be the light. Be the light. You're going to be talking to somebody in, in line at the grocery store, standing a couple feet back because of the, and wearing your mask. But you're still going to be saying hi because that's the right thing to do. And as you're talking to them, they're going, they're going to reveal to you that they're in a dark place. You know what you get to be? The light. You get to be the full representation of Jesus. You're going to go home, and you're going to have a conversation with your spouse, and, and your spouse is going to be having a day when they don't want to, they, you know, like they got some things that just don't seem so light about them. You know what you get to be to them? The light. You get to show up and be Christ in that moment, right? You're going to come into the office, and you're going to begin to share some things in the office, and, and, and the response you're going to get from somebody doesn't seem like it's coming from the light. Well, you know what you get to be in that moment? The light. You get to say, hey, I'm going to be Christ in this moment before you. I'm, I'm going to represent the fullness of God, right? You're a young person. You're going to be in the living room with mom and dad and, 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 and Auntie Sue, and, or I shouldn't have said Sue because Sue's here, but uh, 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 Auntie Beth, and, and, and you're going to be in, in the living room with mom and dad and Auntie Beth, and everybody's going to be talking, and, and, and all of a sudden, you as the young person, you know who you're going to be? You're going to be the light. You're going to be the representation of Jesus in that moment. You're going to lift that moment up that everybody understands that you're a follower of Christ. And where you go, the presence of Christ is. You understand today that you indeed carry the light of Christ. That you indeed are the light because God's desire is that light would go into all the world. Third point this morning as we get moving here. Life without Jesus leads to death. Let me say that again so we get it today. Life without Jesus leads to death. John chapter 8 and the 23rd verse. But he continued. You are from below. 
I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am. You will indeed die in your sins. Jesus continues his direct claim to be the Messiah. If you don't believe that I am, the reality of your life is death. It's death. Please don't miss this. He didn't say that tongue-in-cheek. He didn't say that with a grin on his face. He said it with the heaviness of the heart of the Father. If you don't believe in me, you're lost to your own ways. You're lost to the choices you've been making. Absent of the Son, there's no access to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. We're going to look at that in a couple of weeks. If you do not believe that I am, you will indeed die in your sins. The Gospel of John, chapter 3, in the 18th verse, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. However, whoever does not, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Paul says it this way, Romans chapter 6, verse uh, 23rd verse, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord. He goes on to say in chapter 10, verse 13, everyone who would call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who will call upon the name of the Lord will be called out of darkness. They'll be called out of darkness. Come, follow me. You'll believe on my name. Come and follow me. Life is forever. It's full. How then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? I'm in verse 14 of chapter 10 of the book of Romans. And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? You see, Jesus walks by and he says, hey, hey, Nate, come, follow me, and I'll get you ready, and I'll send you out. Michaela, come, follow me, and I'll get you ready, and I'll send you out. Elizabeth, come, and follow me, and I'll get you ready, and I'll send you out. 
Pastor Charlie, come and follow me and I'll get you ready and I'll send you out. Jesus has called from death to life and his call is an invitation to follow the light. He says, I've come that I might illuminate every area, all space, because I've come for all the world. Now will you come and follow the light? And if you will, then I'll send you out and you will be the light. You will go into, as Pastor Rick would say in the back, you'll go into dark places and you'll light it up. If I was Pastor Rick, I'd take my, take my little hair tie out, I'd do one of these, and I'd get my bottle of water and I'd begin to sing this song and, and all of you would begin to jump up and down because you know that Christ is the light of the world. And that he's gifting you the presence of that light, that you would carry it out into every dark place, into every dark place. So Paul asked these questions, and I'll ask you again. Believing that, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard about? And how can they hear without someone going and teaching, preaching, sharing the good news? And how can anyone do that unless they're sent out? You see, it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. I ask you again this morning, do you know the Father? His Son has come to be the light. And his son says, if you know him, then you become the light because you now have access to the Father. Let's pray together. Oh, Father God, would you gear us up to send us out? Would you get us ready, Father? Would you invite us to respond to the good news knowing that you are indeed not just, not just saving us, not just removing us from the darkness, God. But you're gearing us up to send us out to share the light of Christ, to be the presence of God before others, to illuminate every dark space. So God, some of us are going to be sent out to do that just by walking with people and sharing our life and then inviting them to come and see. Some of us are going to be sent out with a voice to, to speak and to preach and to teach. Some of us are going to be sent out to, to, to hop up and down and to say words that rhyme and, and to speak them in a way that invites others to listen to the lyrics, to believe upon those things that are being taught through song. Some of us simply are going to be, are going to be sent into our homes to bear witness right where we're at. Some of us are, be, are, are being charged to, to be the light as we raise up the next generation of those who would follow Christ. Some of us are charged to, to be a light as we, as we grow into our senior days and as we pass on all that has been given to us. But how will they know if no one preaches? How will they know if no one is sent? How will they know if we don't obediently follow. You see, God, I believe that you are the light. 
So continue, Lord, to illuminate the way forward. Continue, Lord, to show us how to go and to charge us, challenge us, kick us in the rear if you need to, God, that we would move in your direction and say, yes, I know the Father, and I know the voice of the Father because I know his Son. Because his Son is the light of my life. Oh, Father God, that you might use your church, that we might respond as your children. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.